So good morning. You guys good? You guys good? Everyone well? You guys are so responsive. <laughs> so I want to speak a little bit this morning um, about Free Life Church. I, I don't necessarily want to bring the word this morning. I, I may at the end if we have some time. But I want to speak a little bit about just the church, uh, us here at Free Life, and just bring some awareness to some of the things that are happening. And... Um, and particularly talking about growth. And if you are, you know, if you have a brain, which we all do, it's obvious that we're growing. It's not something that we're unaware of. And, uh, you know, it's at times helpful to just speak about it and address it. And we're growing and we out, we've outgrown this space. And uh, some people like it. Some people love growth. And they see it as a sort of an evidence of some of the things that God is doing. And they appreciate it. Uh, there's like a momentum that comes with it. Other people don't like growth because it's unsettling. Sorry, there's, I'm going to trip on that. It's unsettling. And it's, there's new people. And I don't know everyone. And it used to just be, you know, I call it the us for no more disease. Me, Jesus, and my two friends. And, uh, and there's, the, you know, growth can be unsettling if it comes for the wrong reason. But if it's the Lord who adds... And that's just been my response. You know, we have, honestly, we have no growth strategies, growth programs. We don't focus on it. We never talk about it. We actually probably would do maybe the opposite of the things that growth strategies tell you to do. But when it's the Lord adding, then we are required to steward it. We're required to steward what God is doing and who God is bringing. And so I've had some people come to me and just say, you know, we don't like the growth and so forth just in the past. And my response is, with a loving heart, take it up with the Lord. Because we're not the ones doing it. We have absolutely no focus on it. And I believe it's actually a test. And I say this with love. It's a test. You know, we cried for God to bring the people into the church that are so lost and so broken. And so, you know, he brings more people that are first like us. And we get upset because they're sitting in our seat. You know? Never here, of course. I'm talking about other places. <laughs> Never here. What about he brings people that look nothing like you? We cannot forget why we're here. Hello? So, I would like to just give a little bit of context. I'm going to speak a little bit about history. A little bit about future. Just sharing from the heart this morning. I struggle, if I can be real, I struggle to do this because I always want to bring the word. It's the word that matters, not what I think. And I always want to bring the word, but I find when you address these things, if you just try to address them quickly and like move on because you don't want to take the time, it causes more problems because people end up with more questions than answers. And I just want to bring all of us as a family into some of the decisions that are going on, some of where we are, and some of our future and some vision. And uh, so I want to do that as, as quick as I can. Um, before COVID happened, to go back, before COVID happened, we had actually outgrown the building. And we had people standing at the back, and, and it was just amazing to see what God was doing. And, and then COVID hit. And so we, we closed, actually not, not for very long, we closed for a brief time, and then we reopened in June last year, and by the grace of God, we haven't closed since then. And that's just been God's hand and favor on us. But to me, it was a little bit of a relief, obviously not all the things that took place, but we had no answer for the growth, 
and then the growth went away. So I was like, well, that's helpful. But then in that season, when we reopened, there weren't many churches open. And so we just had so many people come. And we grew in a season just by the grace of God, the opposite of what was happening out there. And we grew, and now people are coming back, those who did go home for all medical reasons, which is completely understandable. Now those people are coming back, and so once again, we have a similar issue. There is something wonderful about busting out of a building. Yeah? There's just something wonderful, but it can't stay like that. It can't stay like that. And um, it has been my desire to never make growth a metric of success. That's the world's thinking. Now, you see numbers in the book of Acts. You know, it was 12 for a long time with Jesus. And then the 120, then the 500, then, you know, 3,000, 5,000. There's actually numbers in the book of Acts. But it cannot be a measure or a metric of success in our minds. It's just because then we will start to press for that. And I, in my experience in ministry, I've been in ministry since I was 21, 17 years now. And I grew up in the church, and I've, so I've seen, and I've seen buildings full of people that are not full of God. We would rather have people that are full of God instead of buildings full of people where God's not there. Yeah, but there is something about increased influence and increased impact when you have buildings or places or regions where you have buildings full of people that are full of God. You know, what a, what a Christian gathering can do in a stadium is different to what we can do here. Hello. You see it in the book of Acts. So, and just before COVID, by the way, we had prophetic words. Literally, I would say from all over the world, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but one from South Africa, one from California, one from Europe, and a couple from here. All within a few weeks, all of them came in. That during COVID, God's going to use us and bring us more influence than we have. And that seemed opposite of the truth, especially when we shut down. And that has now happened. And these people didn't know each other. Literally from all over. I just got sent prophetic emails from genuine prophetic voices. And so, by the way, Greg and Michelle Haswell. Who knows Greg and Michelle Haswell? They've been here. They've ministered a bunch of times. Wonderful, wonderful people. They are able to travel again. They say hi. Hopefully they'll be here in August which will be wonderful. But I believe God has great programs for us. I really, I mean, great future for us and programs. That's good. But I want to speak a little bit about our spiritual history. Um, it's, if I had to title this morning, I would call it a journey of faith. It's a title that Dwayne gave me. Thank you, Dwayne. It's been a journey of faith. When for years we fasted and wept and prayed for some of the things we're seeing now. And I do believe that we're only beginning. And nothing what I'm about to say, please hear my heart, nothing what I'm about to say can any man take any credit for. One of the central factors of our heart has always been this statement, we will never say man's hand has done, has done this, ever. We would be foolish to do so. But physical healing, um, our desire for healings, physical bodily healing, has been part of our journey and it started, obviously, with my dad when he got saved. It was way back, as I say, in the 1800s. It was actually just in 19, 1986. But, you know, 
it's always been a core value, but for me, I listened to a series called Healing Our Neglected Birthright. It's six hours long on our birth healing, physical bodily healing in the atonement in Isaiah 53. And I listened to that whole six hours, maybe 20, 30 times uh, over about a year, and it gripped my heart. And so we began to pray and cry and cry to the Lord for healing. Now, I, I don't... I don't want to exaggerate. We always want to steward with integrity. But I can't think of a week that has gone by in terms of a Sunday, a week, I don't know, for months maybe, where we haven't heard of someone being healed. You know, and that is just by the grace of God. Um, the miraculous, we, we always prayed for that. We prayed for and asked for and wept for the miraculous to be part of the normal Christian life. For genuine conviction of the Holy Spirit to bring transformation, much more than intellectual conversation and debate. We ask the Lord, obviously, for the baptism and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be real, not just a statement in doctrine, to actually be real. For radical salvations, radical salvations, not just a sentence at an altar. Radical turned around lives. For the prophetic, some of what we experienced this morning, for the prophetic to be normal and not weird, normal. You know, there's a difference between the fantastic and the supernatural. The supernatural is sometimes so plain that those looking for the spectacular or the fantastic miss it. The genuine prophetic. For a culture of worship, genuine, genuine worship. And by the grace of God, we are starting to see that more and more and more. But most of all, this one torch that we just always desire to carry, this one supreme value for the presence of God. For God to be in our midst. <laughs> by the simplicity of preaching and worship, the genuine presence of the Lord, the presence of the one who never changes. And you, there's no money in the world that can buy that. None. And so over the past year, as I say, we've seen so many healings. Just to some testimonies, we've seen, so, we've seen multiple testimonies of people of other faiths coming to the Lord, Muslims, Jews, radically having their lives turned upside down. We've heard accounts over and over about people, I mean over and over, and I know we can't always share every testimony because then that's all we would do. But I cannot tell you how many times we as a leadership have heard people say, I walked in the back of the building and I was overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord. We had a lady actually come by the building who's not part of this church because her daughter had leukemia. A two-year-old daughter had leukemia. She had four surgeries in one week. She's not even part of our church, and she said, but I know that building, if I go there, they'll pray for my child. And she came here, and we did pray for her child. A whole bunch of people prayed, and that child was healed. And we have medical reports, and she walks free of cancer to this day. Um, we've, had, we've had people who have been in some great moves of God in the past. But just as life would have it, they walked away from the Lord, they became lukewarm, just kind of going through the motions. And they came uh, here, and for some reason, by the grace of God, like I said, it's called, please understand, it's not by our work. They actually, their, her sentence to me was this. 
she came to me after the service, after the first time here, and she said, I'd forgotten what it was like to feel God upon me. And then she just burst into tears. When you've been away from the Lord and you step into his presence, you remember. And you remember what you've missed. It's like you've come home. One lady said when she started coming, she actually shared it from the front. She said, I started coming and I didn't understand why there are tissues in this church. Everywhere there put tissues <laughs> under the chairs. And uh, I've also had numerous people come up to me twice actually in a state of panic, but many. But twice, like quite panicked, they said they walked in the building and all of a sudden they started to have these names or verses or, or memories or whatever starting to come up in their mind and they never experienced that. And what was that, you know, and then in the service people would stand up and say the same things they were thinking and kind of freaked them out. And that's just the spirit of prophecy. Saul in the Old Testament walked into a company of prophets and started to prophesy, started to see and say and talk and they said there's Saul among the prophets. And that's a spirit of prophecy. That is the, the prophetic, in a sense, atmosphere that can actually rest in a place. Saul came into their company. Hello, geographical. Hello. And that's really all that is. It's quite simple. But it was not always like that. It was not always like that. I remember prayer meeting after prayer meeting after prayer meeting after prayer meeting, after prayer meeting under my dad's leadership where we cried out to God for the things that we now see. And we're only scratching the surface of what's, what God wants to do. And a lot of those prayer meetings, some of them were awful. I'm being honest. Some of them, there was no life. There was no, it was just, in a sense, hard work. And just faith and just trusting some of you were there and you pray and you pray and you like nothing happens and you pray and for 12 years my dad led this church and he put foundations into the spirit that I couldn't possibly begin to explain but if it wasn't for their work and their sacrifice we wouldn't be where we are today not at all and for those obviously who were with them so much of what we are seeing and walking into but I, I, I need us to get that. <laughs> Actually, I just feel in my spirit. I mean, pray meeting after pray meeting, fast after fast, weeping for years and years, crying out to God. And then one person get healed. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> and it should be like that every time. Or one person gets saved, genuinely, radically saved, changed. You know? And the journey we've had with worship. Man, it's been an interesting journey. And now we see we just love to worship the Lord. But a person will come in here and think, man, that guy or those people or that team, let me tell you, it's not us. There's been people that came before that laid down their lives. And my mother's here today. <laughs> and she left her children in another country to do that. There's a cost. And I'm thankful. I'm very thankful. <laughs> Sorry. But I believe that this is why we're growing. It's not because of great programs or strategies or even great preaching or anything like that. It's just the presence of the Lord. And this one supreme value to worship the Lord, you know, to worship the Lord in spirit 
and in truth. And so we cannot lay claim to it. We also, as a church, of course, have a passion for the poor, for outreach, for community programs, for, in a sense, all the things that the world would look and see, that's what a church does. We actually have a passion for those things. But never to let go of this one supreme thing. Because every church, God, I believe God sees a city church. That's why there should never ever be church competition. That's just stupid and from the enemy. Not every church is called to carry, to carry the torch that we carry. And we're not called to carry what they carry. But together in a city, there's a wholeness represented of Christ. And so this is just part of who we are, the core and the foundation. And so sometimes, I'm just being real, I know I've spoken to my dad. For years he felt like he held that by himself, <laughs> sometimes in a room by himself. And when I took over, I know that feeling where you feel like you're holding the work of the Spirit, sometimes against so much good advice. Stop this, we shouldn't do that, we shouldn't do that. And you just say, we cannot let this one thing go. And it takes sometimes so much to hold this one value. Can I say honestly, be honest, in Northern Virginia, you worship too long, this too long, that, to hold this one supreme value, no matter what. That takes a lot. And when we do that well, without letting this go, we would love to do even more of all the other things, but never to let this go. And so, when it comes to growth, now I'm going to give you some practical history. Can we do this? Can we just talk as a family? Six years ago, I took over. And as I said, I took over from my dad. He was leading for 12 years. And I, I want you to hear the honor that we're giving them. I, I cannot give you the history from all 12 years that we would just be here forever. But there was a good history. Man, I remember the years, breaking out the chairs, pushing the chairs across the parking lot, setting them up, taking them back. Thank the Lord Jesus for these chairs. But, um, yeah, amen. People who were there go, amen. Jesus lives. So, <laughs> I'll tell you, it was tough. Uh, we are going out in the snow and opening the storage thing and breaking off the ice of the trailer and uh, long years, sacrifices. But six years ago, I took over, and in the first three years of me leading, we were in three different locations, we had two moves, and we had one build-out process within three years. And I saw when we were in Loudoun County High School, we were there for 14 years, and I was one day there and I saw just people struggling, just people putting out stuff and building again and taking down. And I just began to cry to God, saying, God, we've got to get out of here. And I didn't want to in the flesh do something, so I said, God, please kick us out. Please, kick us out of here. Literally, that's what I prayed. My wife and I prayed. Well, three weeks later, I got a letter from the school saying, you got to go. <laughs> and nothing bad. They had to do renovations. And they gave me 45 days to leave. And I'm thinking, where do I, I was, church was about 100. Where do I take 100 people in 45 days? So the first thing I did was in the flesh. And I went and knocked on every physical building in Leesburg, like every physical building and nothing. So I asked the Lord, I want one option. We actually, Dwayne and I prayed together. We said, Lord, we want one door, one option. I don't need five options. That's too hard of a decision. It's a long story. I can't get into it, but we ended up sharing with Evergreen Methodist Church, people that we love to this day, 
and we had to move to Saturday night because we can't kick them out of their own church. So we moved to Saturday night. They let us stay there. We have to pay. They let us stay for free. And it was in that season. We were there for nine months. And only after did I realize it was like literally like a birthing process. But in those nine months while we were there, we ended up with uh, bleeding $3,000 every month. Losing $3,000 a month. And that we came to the point where we had $5,000 in the bank. And so, you know, just the insecurity, I took over from my dad 12 years, and within three years, it's almost over. You know, it was actually two years at that point. You know, it's like, well, Lord, here we are, and um, I don't know what to do. You know, we have nowhere to go. We have no building in sight, no place of our own. We have, in a sense, shortly within a month and a half, no money left in the bank, and they're going to kick us out. They gave us so you can be here for this long. And so we called a 21-day fast. And um, this building came available. And they told us, we, by no means do we want a church in here. So we said, okay, thank you. And, uh, and so it's, a, it's, it's just such a long story. I'm trying to shorten it. But we fasted 21 days. And the stuff that happened in those 21 days was just unreal. And I was just honest with the church. This is where we're at. This is what's happening. And it was shortly after that fast, my son got healed in that fast of his allergies, which was amazing. But I got a phone call from a gentleman who wasn't in the church, and he just called me up, said, I want to see you. And he gave me a check for over $400,000. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget that. As I was driving home <laughs> with this check, my wife says to me, do not lose it. That's what she said. <laughs> Do not lose it. So, yeah. So I drove, I drove straight to the bank, you know, and I got to tell the bank manager the story. She called the bank employees around, and she said, tell them the story. And I got to tell them the story. And the line is the teller. People waiting. Some of them started crying. I got to pray for the employees of the bank because of somebody else's generosity. And there's obviously a, amazing God stories there, but we came in here. We, they said it would take about six months to do the permits and the process because this was just a concrete block, and so it was at next door. So we came in, and um, so we said, God, you've got to help us. So they gave me everything. Now, we didn't, you know, we didn't want to, I, I just had to do some of that myself. So I took all these papers, and I didn't even understand what I was doing. I probably wouldn't if I did it again. And went to the town with all the stuff that we had to get approved. They said it's going to take months. And I went there, and as I walked into the town building, the presence of God just came on me. I cannot explain just the power of God. And I looked at the lady, and I said, do you know God behind the counter? She said, what? So I said, do you know the Lord? And she, you know, we started to talk, and she started to cry. So the other employee said, what's going on? We started to talk. And after about an, the manager had come, we, we talked for about an hour. People are crying. And, I mean, true. And I'm standing at the town on a Friday. You would think there would be a line. There's no one else there. That's the Lord on a Friday. And they said to me, and so the guy says to me, eventually says, what are you actually doing here? <laughs> so I said, well, <laughs> oh, yeah, I got all these things. We're a church. We want to go into this building. And, I mean, they had to do all sorts of stuff. And he said to them, I'll never, he said, do everything you want, do it today. They sat there, a whole team of them, 
and pulled out maps and codes and zonings and they just changed what and they sent their driver to the county to get stuff signed to bring it back in one day now I'm not a developer and I'm so I, I took it all back to the realtor and I said there we go and he said oh you submitted everything so I said no it's done he laughed at me he said no like silly little Christian he was like no it's not done and uh and he looked at it and he freaked out, to be honest. And he said, well, I guess we need a, we just need someone to do the construction now. So I said, well, you showed me that guy. He's great. Let's use him. And I said, what was his name? Eddie. So I said, let's use Eddie. As I say that, the voice, here I am. So he said, what are you doing? He said, I was driving past and I just felt to come say hello to my friend, the realtor. <laughs> so I said, all right. So I said, so we need to have a contract. He said, oh, I still got it on me. Pulled it out of his pocket. And we signed it, and we did construction in nine weeks. So, you know, <laughs> by the grace of God. So then we moved in here, and uh, I want to read you a psalm that I wrote. When we were uh, in Evergreen Methodist Church, I wrote this psalm. And it's personal, so if you can be okay with that. Um, it's obviously not scripture, it's just what I wrote. When we, you know, when you just, it's just dark, you can't see in front of you. And so I wrote this and I said, although I cannot see, I trust you. Before me lies the unknown and I stand as one who does not know. Because truly I didn't know what to do. But in your nature, I place my trust and in your guidance I shall be led. Your goodness goes before, your faithfulness comes behind. Take me by the hand. Speak to me along the path. Let me not be put to shame. I will trust in you. The world's wisdom you do not seek, but a surrendered heart that trembles at your word. You will not abandon your cause in our midst, nor refuse to guide us in your way. A stranger's voice I will not follow, and to a different spirit I will not bow. Lead us through what lies before, and we will declare of your great faithfulness to the children of men. We will speak of your grace to the sons of Joshua. Let your glory descend upon our dwelling and let your presence take us by the hand. For though I cannot see, I trust in you. And in your nature, I place my future. For you, O Lord, are good and your kindness overwhelms me. And I wrote that and by the grace of God, it has come to pass. Then we had a choice. We had to build this place out. We had a budget of about 150000 We went $70,000 over budget. And I had another phone call. Another gentleman in business said, I want to see you. So I said, all right. I went to him. He said, just God put it in my heart to give you this check. And he gave me $70,000. So we've been here now in our fourth year. And, um, and now we have some decisions to make. Because they only signed a three to five year lease. And there, and I'm looking at the amount of money it costs to just do a build out. In a sense, some people would see it as throwing money away. Can I just speak honest? Is this okay? Speaking frank with you guys. And uh, I look at what God's done, and you cannot put a value to that. I look at the lives changed, the transformation, our identity as a church, who we are as a church, what's happened. It's just been unreal. It's just been this beautiful journey that we've all been on. And, uh, but now we have a different, we have a choice to make, which I'll come back to. Now, I'm going to give you another piece. You guys feel good? We take for granted sometimes those who have been here a while, and we realized the other day, well, a couple months back, 
that there's a bunch of stuff that, because we have so many new people, that you may not know. So in 2006, the leadership at the time under my father felt to buy seven acres, a property with a house and a barn, beautiful place, uh, for the church, as a church, uh, as a future building site. And that's, it's a couple, few miles away, and for years that became our base of operation. We met there, we didn't meet there on a Sunday, we weren't allowed to, but we met at the Loudoun County High School, but all our prayer meetings were there. I, I preached about 300 sermons in that building, because I led youth there for eight years. Uh, but everything we did was in that building, church, picnics, and everything we did, prayer meetings, all those prayer meetings, in that building. Whoever lives there now is keep being blessed, I can promise you. But we did a lot there, and that was just a part of who we were as a church for many, many years, cramming into this little house. And, uh, but we bought this, the property by faith because th there's a covenant on the land. You know when you have a whole group of homes together, it's called an assemblage, like you know, a whole bunch of properties together with acreage. And that assemblage has a covenant on the land, and that covenant is so old it goes back you know, to Moses. And that covenant was very binding, very clear, stuff we can't do. Plus, there was no city water. There was a well. You cannot build a church with a well. I have a well. It's not going to work. You're going to run out in a day. Plus, there was, the zoning was wrong. But when they were showed, my parents were looking at that land, there was a lady who was visiting who was a prophet of the Lord. She's the real deal, man. Scary to me. She really is the real deal. And they took her to the land. She had had a vision of a place. And I'm not sure if it matched exactly, but she basically said, that's what I saw. And so together as a leadership, they made a decision by faith, which in the natural looked crazy. And for years, some people, you know, because we know, because we got the complaints. How can you buy this place? You can't even build on it. You know, when Joshua and Caleb said, let's go into the promised land, when, they, when the ten gave the bad report and the two gave the good report, you know what the people of God said? Stone them with stones. <laughs> That's sometimes the reply to unreasonable faith and hope. Well, now since then, we've built an, the city has built an entire water plant. And in the last year, last year, uh, a developer took interest in three different assemblages. Our, the, the group of homes that we were worth, and it's about 270 acres. Now a developer is buying all of that land, and we are working with the developer as to building a church there. And they, as the developer, have got rid of the covenant. They are just about to submit zoning plans to, uh, to the county. So it's going to take two or three years because they've got to submit zoning, uh, the, the zoning and all the, all the houses they want to build, all the stuff that they want to do. And for those who know the area, if you know the area, it's from Heritage High School. Who knows Heritage High School and Battlefield? From that side of Heritage High School all the way to Shreve Mill Road, which is the third exit on the toll road. All of that land, it's about 270 acres, is currently... It's, sort of under development, they're still working it out, and I'm not sure what I can, cannot say. But, so we have a team led by myself and Don Wooden. I'm just there because I lead, but Don is the one who knows what's going on, and uh, he's been extremely helpful to us. He's a commercial developer, so that's just, he's been absolute gold to us. But we also, the team obviously consists of the eldership and, and some others that we look to for wisdom and architects, mostly within our body. And we are right now busy submitting and working, I would say weekly, we've been working weekly, especially Don and I, meeting every week to submit um, plans to the county 
underneath the developer. So we will, in a sense, be lumped in with the developer, and the developer has to get the zoning changed. He's going to bring water to our site. City water is going to go throughout that place. If everything goes according to plan, he will, and we don't know yet. You know how these things go. There's, there's fights and back and forth, not with the developer, but with the county and zonings and approvals. So the developer will be doing that, but they have agreed to give us a graded pad ready to be built with all power, with water, with everything. So, but that, yeah, that's awesome. But that would take a couple years, probably two years to go through that whole process. Is that about right, Don? About two years. I look to his wisdom. So for those of you who didn't know, we've always had that property. Right now, we've just put people in there. I used to live there when I was a single guy. I lived there in the basement, literally. Come upstairs and preach, go back to bed. So I lived there for a number of years, two or three years. But right now, we've just got renters in there that are, because we still have a mortgage. And so I'm going to have some photos come up. I'm sorry to turn my back on you, but I don't have them. This is just down the road. You can just go through the photos real quick. That's the house from the front. That's the house from the back. And uh, that's from the side, I guess. And then that's the barn. We originally were going to try and meet in there, but zoning wouldn't allow it. Now it's obviously way too small. That's just seven acres of land. You know, you can just go through them. Then maybe okay. So that is the the maps, the satellite view. You see A, the little A in the yellow, that's the house. The B is the barn. And that outline, that yellow outline is seven acres. And that's Evergreen Mills Road running this way, Shreve Mill Road running that way, and then that corner, that's the toll road. It's exit three off the toll road. So we own that space. And it's every land attorney has said to us, whatever you do, do not get rid of that land. It's on this amazing corner. And now, with a developer coming through, we were offered money. They wanted to buy it, obviously build houses. We said instead of that, we got a lot of wisdom and counsel by the grace of God. And uh, we said, actually, we want to partner with you so we can build a church there. And so we are currently working on that. That should be our future site. That is the plan, the, what they call a bubble plan, which is a very general plan that we are right now submitting to the county for our future. And if you see phase two up in the corner, they're also going to put in their writing all the rights that we need to have a school. Because a school, oh, whoa, whoa, don't get too excited. There's a long way to go. But if we can get that lumped in with the developer, it's a battle we don't have to fight later on. So we are doing our best to do that. So we have phase two there, and then we obviously have this building with the parking. We will need many miracles. We originally started with a 300, then a 500-seater, then a 750. I'm asking for a 1,000-seater because we will fill up, I think, whatever we go into. And, uh, and so we don't want to think too small. And that is, we will need so many waivers and exceptions from the county for them to consider this. So I'm showing this to you to say this is what we're doing now. That's a big, the sanctuary's at the bottom. And some of it will be two stories, some of it will be high ceiling. So we've been looking at that. I've never, I'm not an architect, so I've been learning a lot and meeting with people who know what they're doing and saying yes sir, no sir, and praying and fasting as an eldership into this process. So now, come back to Miller Drive, which is this facility. We are currently 
Out, we have outgrown this facility, and in my heart I know we cannot just coast on as we are while we wait for that. I don't believe it would be good stewardship of what God is doing here. And what we are seeing God do is just honestly amazing. I stand back, honestly, I stand back sometimes and I just say, Lord, let me, let me never get in the way. I just want to get out of the way and see God be God. So what we are looking at, another 4,000 square feet has come available in this building. Uh, we currently lease 10,000 square feet. It's not cheap. Um, but we lease 10,000 square feet. And another 4,000 square feet has come available, which we are, again, I'm telling you this in a sense before I should. Wisdom says make sure everything's perfect then presented. I'm presenting this to you because we are together. And I don't really know how it's going to go down, but I would rather look like a fool with faith than look polished with none. And so we are looking at 4,000 square feet just over there. It's in this building. We may have a second entrance. We're trying to work that out, um, which we will most likely put the children in, children's church, and it's a much lower ceiling, so it won't echo, so they don't have to, children's church teachers don't have to wear earbuds. And what we are hoping to do is to open this wall. That's just a drywall. It's not concrete. That's a load-bearing wall. That's not. There's two steel columns. Open this wall and expand the sanctuary all the way through and hopefully put 400 or, or more chairs in here to give us room to grow. But that represents its own challenges. Where do we go while there's construction? What do we do with the kids? You know, there's many challenges, but we are busy looking at that now while we wait for that. So I wanted to bring you a little bit into that. Um, then we will have almost 15,000 square feet. And if none of that happens, we obviously have to look at going to two services. But two services is a huge weight on the staff and the volunteers. We would need to double our staff and triple our volunteers to do so uh, because I, growing up in the church and obviously not just in all the church circles, the amount of people I've seen burned out in staff and in, who knows what I'm talking about because of the demand and I won't do that. I just won't do that to God's people. So instead of burning people out, we will either have to do one or the other, but we have some decisions to make. And I'm asking you to pray. And I'm asking you because the good thing, it's all for the right reasons. It's a good problem to have. Yeah? So I wanted to speak out of Romans, which I'm obviously not going to do. We've run out of time. But I, when moments like this and decisions like this come up, one of the questions that begins to rise in my heart is this. What's at stake? And I tell you, I realize again, everything. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with our success or not success as a church. That is irrelevant to me. And, and I mean that in the Lord. I, I don't know why God made me like that, but he did. I don't care about that. Obviously, I care about God's people. But what the world thinks and other churches, what's at stake? Paul said in Romans, he said, I am a debtor. He said, I'm a debtor to barbarians and to Greeks. And what he meant was, I owe the world who I have. Do you know that as believers, we actually owe the world Christ. We are in debt to the world. We, we are debtors to them. And so when I ask what's at stake, well, everything, 
There was a dream many years ago which some people thought was crazy. We were told you'll never have a church that is a spiritful church worshipping in spirit and in truth in Leesburg. They don't last. And look what God's done. And look what God's done. He's been so good, so faithful to us. And so right now we are looking at expanding. We really are. And we could use your prayers. Um, and by the grace of God, we've had another big donation that has come in. So we may uh, have the finances we need. We may not. We will, we will trust God together. But God, God will do it. If God's in it, he'll do it. I'm not actually worried about that. I've learned that growing up in a house of faith. If God's in it, it'll happen. And so I just wanted to bring you into that process. I prefer to preach. I prefer to bring the word. But that's where we are, and these are good decisions. Because that's why I'm looking for a building eventually of 1,000 if we can get it. Because if we open this up and we expand this, also I don't want to split God's people up into, if, I, if I can help it. I don't want to have two. Uh, we will, but I'd rather not. I'm just being real honest with you guys. But God can do it, and God can change my mind. You know, that's no problem with that. God's bigger than, than me, for sure. But if we do that, we'll fill that space up. And how can we build a 500-seater if we're already 500? Makes no sense. So we're on a faith journey as a church, and God has always been good to us, and God has always provided. And so many of the things that we fought and prayed for and wept for and cried for, we now see, even this morning. Honestly, this morning to me was just precious, just the Father being with his people. And I encourage you, don't get familiar with that. Work out, ah, oh, great service, thank you, Jesus. Go home, write it down. God, what did you say to me? What is God doing in my heart? Partner with him, partner with him. It's just part of the core of who we are. And we, we cannot let that torch go. Because we actually have a responsibility in this city and in this area. That's what we are called to carry. And we will carry it well to the best of our ability. Amen? Can we stand? It's good to know that there's a future, right? It's never about a building. Please understand, Acts 7.48, God does not live in buildings built by the hands of men. You can't confine him to a structure. But we need a base of operation to, tr to have a worship school, to train God's people, to equip the saints for works of ministry, to send out missionaries, to see prophets and apostles and evangelists and pastors and teachers raised up, to see fivefold giftings in operation, to see an ability to bless other churches, to change the regions that we're in, to actually have a beachhead, a base of operation, that that place can be consecrated, that when people come there, they'll meet the Lord. That is our desire. Can we say amen? amen? Where's Dwayne? Dwayne, can you come from the back? I'd just love Dwayne to pray for us. I may be speaking the next few weeks out of Numbers, some lessons from the Israelites. That'll be wonderful. But Dwayne's been around since the beginning. And uh, he fought... 1800s, yeah. And he, he, he fought many of those battles that I'm talking about. And I just wondered if you could pray for us. Absolutely. All right, let's pray. Lord, we proclaim your goodness. And just even now, I just pray 
that your peace would rest on your people. Whatever state, whatever issue that they're dealing with, Lord, you know. You're working into the lies, actively interceding on their behalf, and your plans for them are always and always will be good. So we say unto you, you are our God, and we are your people, and we thank you, O Lord. Amen. Thank you, Dwayne, and thank you, Clay. Uh, thank you for being with us and for watching and listening. If you would like prayer for anything and everything, there will be a trained ministry team over here that would love to pray with you. Have a wonderful week. Be blessed. Good morning, Free Life Church. Thanks for joining us today. If you are visiting in person, please stop by the Connection Corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag and learn more about Free Life Church. A member from our Connection team will be there to answer any questions you have. Kids Place has some great events you and your little ones will not want to miss. On July 28th, there will be a Kids Place roller skating party in Percival. On August 4th, bring your kids for a drive-in movie night here at church. And on August 18th, spend a day of fun at the Idalee Aquatic Center. Senior youth will have their first retreat on August 8th through 10th. Registration is now open. Men of FLC, all of you are invited to the men's whitewater rafting trip on October 1st and 2nd. Registration closes on August 6th, so if you are interested, please sign up. Also, all men are invited to an evening of food, fellowship, and worship at the home of Devin and Sarah Vale here in Leesburg. The evening will kick off with a barbecue dinner followed by a bonfire for some fellowship and acoustic worship. There are current outreach and volunteer opportunities with local ministries we partner with. The Percival Cares and Hope event is coming on July 31st. The Back to School Fiesta is August 14th. Volunteers with a heart for the community will be needed. You can also participate by bringing single subject spiral or composition notebooks to the collection in the front hall. We are thrilled to welcome Pastor Iman and his wife Mary, founders of Hope Community Center, on August 21st for a seminar on ministering to Muslims and to learn more about what the Lord is doing in the Muslim community, internationally and in our area. Please register online. Lunch and childcare are provided. For more information about all of our upcoming events, please see the events page on our website. Thanks for tuning in.